Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horg, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on September 27, 2015, on the basis of Mark 8, verses 27 through 35. Everybody loves Christmas. It's a time to forget about the everyday troubles of life. Celebrating the birth of Jesus is a time to be joyful and happy. It's not a time to be sad or frightened. But for some Christians, Christmas can be a very frightening time of year. For some Christians, Christmas can be downright dangerous. Two years ago, Michael and his wife Esther joined us on campus at the seminary where I go to school. Michael and Esther are from Indonesia. One time they shared a story about their experience at Christmas time. In Indonesia, on Christmas Eve, people are looking over their shoulders at the front door. Michael said that terrorists are known to pick Christmas Eve as the best day to go into churches and shoot people for being Christians. He said they're known to throw grenades or even go into churches with guns on Christmas Eve. Christmas in Indonesia can be the opposite of joyful. It can be nerve-wracking. And who could stand being a Christian in Indonesia How could you live in constant fear like that? It's just hard for us to imagine because here in America, we don't really face death for being Christians. But we do face our share of hardship and persecution. People may not throw grenades at you for being a Christian, but they may throw your Christian beliefs on the ground and trample them, saying they're outdated and unimportant. People may not point guns at you for being a Christian, but they may point fingers at you, saying you're narrow-minded or you're no fun. When those things happen to you, you're experiencing what it means to take up your cross. The definition of a believer's cross is suffering because of our Christian faith. That's worth repeating. The definition of a believer's cross is suffering because of our Christian faith. Jesus says to take up our cross and follow him. Taking up our cross is hard work. Thankfully, Jesus already took up his cross and paid the full price for us. Instead of just knowing about the cross, we need to know the cost of the cross. The cost of the cross for Jesus and the cost of the cross for us. Jesus fully explained the cost of the cross to his disciples. He began by asking them, who do people say I am? Well, they said, some say Elijah or John the Baptist or one of the prophets. 
But then Jesus asked, What about you? Who do you say I am? Peter answered on behalf of all the disciples, You are the Messiah. Bingo! Peter nailed it on the head. Jesus was the anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah. All the Jews would recognize the name Messiah as the name referring to the long-awaited Savior. The one promised to Adam and Eve, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and David to come and save his people from sin and death. What an awesome confession of faith, Peter. Peter and the disciples understood that Jesus was the Messiah. But they still struggled to understand the work the Messiah had to do. Even though Jesus very clearly explained it to them. Jesus wasn't speaking in parables when he told them that he must suffer many things, be rejected by the chief priests, elders, teachers of the law, that he must be killed, and in three days rise again. He told them the whole plan. He told them exactly what the Messiah had to do. He told them the cost of the cross. But Peter says, Whoa, whoa, hold on a minute, Jesus. I need to have a word with you. So he takes Jesus aside and says, Okay, look, we are not about to let you suffer. There's no way we're going to let those teachers of the law get their hands on you. There's no way we're going to let them kill you and ruin everything. Jesus immediately says in front of Peter and all the disciples, Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Whoa. Jesus, why are you so harsh? Did Peter really deserve that? Yes, he he did. Peter had in mind human concerns. Peter looked at the suffering and death Jesus had to face, and he reacted against it. There had to be a, a better plan, one with no suffering or death involved. Just try and put yourself in Peter's shoes for a minute, though. You've been following this Jesus guy around for a while now. He's been doing great miracles. He's healing people who are sick. He's forgiving people their sins. He's the long-promised Savior. Now that Jesus is here, everything's going to be so much better. But not if he's dead. If he's dead, how can he help anyone? How can he be the promised one if all he does is get killed? Just like Peter, we don't like to associate suffering and death with an almighty God. We don't like to dwell on the cost of the cross because it looks shameful and foolish to the rest of the world. We don't like to think about the cost of the cross because it's our sins that made that cost so steep. What we want to think about, what we want, is all the glories of heaven without any of the suffering. 
Because as far as our human concerns are concerned, suffering should have no place in our life. We don't like to think that someone could come into our church, our school, our workplace, and shoot us for being a Christian. We don't like to think that the person sitting next to us on the plane might think us to be stupid if we start talking about our faith. We don't like to think about the weird looks we'll get if we walk up to someone's door and invite them to church. No matter what kind of suffering it is, physical, emotional, we want to avoid it. Like Peter, we don't want suffering to have any part in the story of Christianity. We don't want to think about the cost of the cross because that cost includes suffering. We put our human concerns over the concerns of God. That's a sinful, condemning attitude. It's not God's attitude. That's Satan's attitude. It's Satan's attitude that is alive in me. Like Peter, I might as well have the name Satan stamped on my forehead. But thanks be to God. Jesus didn't think about suffering the same way we do. Thanks be to God that Jesus took up his cross and paid that cost for us. Jesus didn't shy away from suffering. He knew what he had to do as the Messiah. Instead of running away, he took every insult, every rejection, every bloody beating for us, for all the times that we ran away from our suffering. Because Jesus knew he must suffer, he must be killed. Jesus understood the cost of the cross. He knew that the only way to cover that cost was for him to die. So he did. And he gave us the exact opposite of what we deserve. We don't get death. We get life. And to prove that to us, Jesus got his life back too. Peter was so focused on the suffering and death Jesus had to face, he looked right over these words. After three days, Jesus would rise again. That's the proof that we get life. Let's not look past that either. Because Jesus paid the cost of the cross, we can pay the small cost of our crosses. After rebuking Peter, Jesus turned that situation into a teaching moment. He told his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Notice Jesus didn't say, Whoever wants to be my disciple will have no troubles and will have an easy life. He says quite the opposite, that our life will be harder for following Jesus. But Jesus bore the cost of his cross already. He empowers us to do exactly what he says, 
to deny ourselves. Which isn't easy because our natural inclination is to indulge ourselves. You probably don't have to teach a child how to be selfish. We're all pretty good at that to begin with. More likely, you'll have a hard time teaching your child to share with others. That's not a natural inclination. But taking up our cross means doing some pretty unnatural things. But we can do them because Jesus took up his cross. He empowers us to take the next step. We deny ourselves and take up our cross. We follow Jesus. And remember that the suffering of the cross isn't just the pain you feel from you know, hurting your knee playing basketball. It's the suffering we face because of our Christian faith. For example, believers have to suffer through temptation. Think about it. An unbeliever can't know what that's like. Someone without faith can't understand what it's like to, to struggle against the urge to gossip. They can't know what it's like to struggle with a lustful thought because they just give in. While we agonize as a battle goes on inside of us between God's will and our human nature. But take comfort in that battle. Take comfort in the struggle. It proves that you are bearing your cross. We also know that our cross means we'll have to face rejection. Whether it's from someone we've never met before or someone we love very much, either way, it's hard. It really stinks. But Jesus empowers us to take up our cross and to preach the message of his cross, even if it's not always attractive. Yet, we pick up our cross over and over again, even with people slamming doors in our faces, because Jesus gives us the strength. He already paid the cost of his cross. Even the worst possible thing that could happen to us for bearing our cross, dying, will actually save our life. Jesus said, whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel, will save it. Running away from suffering seems like a good idea at the time, but if it comes at the expense of faith, it's not worth it. In contrast, losing your life for Jesus and the gospel, save it. So even if you're in Indonesia on Christmas Eve, someone points a gun at you and says, Are you a Christian? you can say, yes, I am. And you don't have to be afraid of what will happen next because your life is saved eternally. So you see that our, our cross is not a problem to solve. It's a necessary act of discipleship. The cross and being a Christian always go together. You can't have one without the other. But take comfort in the struggles of following Jesus. They prove you are taking up your cross. 
And that cross is an opportunity, an opportunity to surrender everything in your life to Jesus, who paid the full cost of the cross. Don't pray for your cross to be taken away. Pray for a stronger back to bear it. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God, which goes beyond all our understanding, will strengthen you to take up your cross and follow him. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.